Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is there ever a day when mattresses are not on sale? <laughs> Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. My memory foam mattress was so cheap, it forgot who I was. <laughs> Welcome to the show, more questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, <laughs> and just plain weird. We went, we went to rent a cave this week. They do we very did. good deals. <laughs> Buy one cave, get one cave free. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Each cave came free with a troll. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me start by introducing my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and Vesson Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather knew her parents didn't like her. Her bath toys were a toaster and a radio. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Heather. Thanks. It's remarkable you're here. <laughs> I also wish to introduce Dr. Nathan Bush. He has two PhDs and an interest in all things paranormal, including ghosts, hauntings, and the psychic world. Nathan looked into making Jewish pornography this week. That's 10% sex and 90% guilt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nathan is a cruel man. He likes to tease his plants. When he waters them, he uses ice cubes. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. <laughs> we are Series 2, Episode 64. 64 is an amazing and fabulous number. The international dialing code of 64 will see you connected to New Zealand. New Zealanders can't take their girlfriends to sporting events because they will eat the grass. Oh, boy. <laughs> There'll be letters. 
There are a total of 64 black and white squares on a chessboard. Chess was believed to have originally come from India, a Hindu country where I believe reincarnation is actually making a comeback. (laughs) (laughs) Keeping with our Hindu Indian theme, 64 is the number of sexual positions in the Karma Sutra. I dated my yoga teacher, but when we split up, it left me in a difficult position. Oh, no. When I'm 64, for a Beatles song, of course. I like that one. Yeah, that was on Sgt. Pepper's, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. He wrote that when he was very young, Paul McCartney. Did he really? He kind of wrote that when he was maybe 15, 16. And then when his father reached 64, it must have triggered something. And he got that song out and uh, obviously recorded that. It's on the Sgt. Pepper album. The Beatles now, of course, are more of a drum and bass group than anything else. (laughs) There will be complaints. Each week, I like to read out the letters, the fabulous mailbag, the things that you write to me on Facebook and on my Twitter account. Mary in Pennsylvania has posted great show. It made my day after having such a rough one. Keep up the great work, guys. Michelle in New York has written, your show is wonderful. I'm half French, but my granddad was from Spain. Is that okay? Of course it is. <laughs> Michelle starts the show on minus two. Nice. <laughs> Heather researched her family tree recently and discovered she was the sap. Oh. <laughs> Jeff in Washington has written a great post. I went out of town last weekend, and after a few drinks and cigars, my buddy and I decided to head back to the hotel room. We couldn't sleep. So I turned on a replay of more questions than answers. My buddy was hooked after 10 minutes. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you for such a great show. Always enjoyable. Oh, that's nice. Jeff in Washington, he needs a finder's fee. Thanks, Jeff. Every fan he brings on board, he needs he needs a percentage. He needs a finder's fee. (laughs) If you wish to contact me, you can do so on many different platforms. You can contact me on my Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers. With Adrian Lee, where we have over 5,000 followers. I also have a Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society. We have 83,500 followers on there. You can access the shows anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. There's a whole world out there of platforms in which you can access our archives over the last three years if you go to soundcloud.com and search for mqta radio you can listen to my dulcet tones anywhere you wish in the gym in the car walking the dog even at work if you're supposed to be getting on with what you're doing and you can't be bothered (laughs) i have also this week we have a youtube account of course more questions than answers yeah with adrian lee there's some lovely outtakes on there that are very funny people have told me they've laughed hysterically Funniest six minutes of radio ever one person actually posted. So that's on there. If you're feeling miserable, if you're down, then that's the place to go on YouTube. But this week, I have a book out called How to Be a Christian Psychic. What the Bible says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators. I've recorded three chapters of that book on YouTube. They're absolutely free. You can listen to them now. I read out the chapter on healing, what the Bible says about healing. I read out the chapter on stones and crystals, you will be amazed how the Bible encourages the use of stones and crystals. And I talk about stones and crystals on there. And also I did a chapter on meditation. So three chapters from my book I've now got out 
as an audio file, you can access them on YouTube, How to Be a Christian Psychic, Adrian Lee, and there's three audio chapters on there if you wish to listen to those. Obviously, I'd like you to buy my book, but I'm happy for you to listen to those, and they've been very well received. Now, we're in June, and June sees National Candy Month, would you believe? Dairy Month, some milk cheese, butter month, I'm guessing. Also, Iced Tea Month. Not a big fan of the iced tea, have to say. British, milk, two sugars, hot. I think when you start messing around with cold water and ice and tea, everything goes out the window. Not a big <laughs> fan. Got to say that, but it is National Iced Tea Month. Father's Day, of course, is on the 20th of this month as well. I'm going to ask you some questions straight off the bat, oh, no. ready to win some points. Michelle starts on minus two for being half French. <laughs> <laughs> National Candy month okay yes. how many minutes does it take to make a peep a peep a peep a peep those little chips. five minutes heather's going for five minutes nathan this points to be one closest one gets the gets the peep 32 seconds 32 so when i say to you how many minutes does it make does it take to make a peep your answer is 32 seconds <laughs> okay heather wins <laughs> It was six minutes. Yay! I think the clue's in the question to a degree. Heather starts the show on a remarkable one point. Nathan, you're going to have to listen to the questions more. What percentage of candy is eaten by those over 18? And if you say two million, I'm going to come over there and slap you. What percentage of candy is eaten in America by those over the 18 Years of age. Heather 75%. 75%. Mm -hmm. 32%. Heather's winning. She's on fire. Hey. 65% of the population. Th you knew the answers already. Nope. Nathan, you've not been on this show long enough to realize vast amounts of cheating take place. <laughs> you have no idea how much cheating. It's, it's like a presidential <laughs> candidate election. It's ridiculous. The cheating that goes on here knows no bounds, I tell you. <laughs> it's gloves off and every man for himself. And uh, Heather scored herself another point. To be fair, there are more people over 18 than under 18. Those under 18 can't get about so easily with transportation and they don't have a disposable income. So there was always going to be more people. But 65% are adults over 18 right. that purchase candy. How many licks? does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? 583. That's very specific. 583. Mr. Four, 492. Nathan Bush has won his first point. Yay! <laughs> He's overly excited, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't realize they can be taken away <laughs> at any given moment. It is 364 licks will get you to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Apparently, a licking machine was made by engineering students in Purgive. This is what's been said. Why else would engineering students need to build a licking machine? During, <laughs> during World War II, Tootsie Rolls were added to soldiers' rations because of their durability in all weather conditions. Although they were phased out in Vietnam as bar girls in Hanoi could get through them in just nine licks. <laughs> How many tons of jelly beans were served at Ronald Reagan's inauguration in 1981. Four. Four tons yes. of jelly beans. Yes. Ronald Reagan's inauguration. Yes. 1981. Yes. 
Mr. Bush, how many tons of jelly beans were at Ronald Reagan's inauguration? 32. 32 tons of jelly beans. Heather's on fire. It's three tons of jelly beans. What were they doing with them? I mean, was it a sense that they're free and they're in a bowl, so people are filling their pockets? Oh, look, free jelly beans. I'll have a couple now. I'm going to fill my pockets. This is like being at the Indian restaurant. Do you know at the end of the restaurant, when you finish paying, they give you mints or there's a bowl of mints to take out? Mm -hmm. You just grab a handful, don't you? Or is that just mm -hmm. me? I've got jackets that I've not worn for months and months and months, some of them years. I put them on again. I go to feel in my pockets and there's a handful of mints in there. <laughs> you do, if there's a bowl of mints at the in, in the Indian restaurant, at the end where the till is, you just grab a handful. You don't just take one, do you? I mean, I'm not saying yeah. I fill my pockets with mints and the Indian restaurant's going under through bankruptcy due to the fact they didn't buy shares in the mint making company, but I take a couple. Was this what was happening here? Are people just filling their pockets back in 1981? Yes, like little chipmunks. With jelly beans. Mm -hmm. And they're probably selling them. They're probably yes. selling them on the black market. To the chipmunks. To the chipmunks. <laughs> this is capitalism in the world. This is what happens when you get Republicans in the Oval Office. They're filling their pockets full of jelly beans. Be warned that when Donald Trump, if he gets into power, will be filling his pocket with jelly beans and all his associates to sell on the black market. At Fabulous. You're, yeah, she's going to be your taxis is where we are. You're paying for this. Hey, it's like cool. the country buffet. You go to a buffet, you go to a casino, or you go to the country buffet. You can go back as many times as you mm -hmm. want. You're not restricted to one visit to the buffet. Mm -hmm. You can go as many times as you want. I'm sat there. I'm seeing people bringing back a pyramid of food. Mm -hmm. It is stacked so high. There's someone climbing it with a flag. <laughs> they put tomatoes in their pockets. I've seen them. You can go back as many times as you want. I don't understand. Is it just because you're lazy or you're worried it's not going to be there when you come back? Why would you put a tomato in your pocket? I don't understand. I can't answer that, but I think there are people that actually smuggle out egg rolls. Egg roll smuggling. Yeah. Are you pleased to see me or are you smuggling egg rolls? <laughs> we have a show. It is we more. We do? We do have a show. Yeah. There's one in here dying to get out. We are going to start it's the dying, round. all right. <laughs> Heather's back on zero. <laughs> Yay, I'm ahead of her. Minus two points for Heather. Thanks. See how this works, Nathan. The good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away. We are in the round of ghosts and hauntings. I have a story that says a clairvoyant was ordered to pay back almost $40,000 of benefits she'd fraudulently claimed whilst working as a psychic. She should have seen that coming, to be fair, shouldn't she? Yes. You see where we are. Mm -hmm. Transgender Amanda Barrymore was trolled to repay the housing benefit, an unpaid cancel tax she owes to the taxpayer. Amanda, 62, who was born Mike, was charged up to $170 an hour for private readings face-to-face -face on her phone or on Skype. Now investigators have made it crystal clear. See what I did there? I do. To her that despite avoiding a year in jail, all the money she swindled would have to be paid back. It was on the cards, really, wasn't it? Oh, Barry no. Moore, 62, of Longstraw <laughs> Close in Stanway, Essex, boasts one of her Facebook accounts of being a self-confessed spiritual workaholic. I know a lot of spiritual alcoholics. Does that count? Oh, <laughs> Controversial. Yeah. Her website also details how her 36 years of work have taken her abroad to give people one-to-one -one readings or public demonstrations. 
Barrymore also says online how she had a spiritual guide called Patrick, who was a 19th century Catholic priest. Heard the one about the Catholic priest and the transgender psychic? No. That's an odd combination, isn't it? Not natural bedfellows, are they? The transgender no. psychic oh, no. and the Catholic priest. That's a dichotomy of views. One might suggest a polemic juxtaposition, even, is why I was going with that. Her fraud came to light following a department for work and pensions exercise when investigators contacted telemarketing companies to obtain details of their employees and subcontractors. Barry Moore admitted to magistrates she had been claiming housing benefit and cancelled tax reductions for four years up until July 2014. Magistrates gave Barry Moore a year-long suspended jail term, community work for 180 hours and a $250 bill for various court charges. If you wish to see the full story of Amanda, the transgender Freudian psychic, and Patrick, the Catholic <laughs> priest who's dead, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. I'm going to give myself the first points of the of evening. You are. And I shall give myself a nice rounded two. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? I've got a driver who screams in horror as strange woman dressed in all white chases his car. A strange woman dressed in all white. Yep, and it, it's not your ex-wife, is it? It's not the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fine line. Oh. <laughs> the, the car slowly approaches the woman dressed all in white with long brown hair and a walking stick to help her shuffle along the road. Now, I've actually seen this video, and it's actually really creepy. They flash the headlights of the car, illuminating her ghostly shape in full view of the camera. Head hunched over and staring eerily at the camera, she begins walking back towards the car. Lock it! Lock it! says the panicked voice from behind the camera. Who is that? The creepy woman continues to shuffle towards the car, never breaking her gaze with the camera. Go in reverse! In reverse! the man continues, sounding increasingly scared. It's almost like we're there. I'm oh, getting scared for them. Are you? Are you? Yeah, yeah I I'm thought getting, my acting was I'm well. getting the willies over here. I've got <laughs> goose pimples and everything. Great. The hairs on the back of my neck have stood up. The car pulls back to a safe distance and the woman stops walking. Sobs of fear can be heard inside the car as the witch-like figure finally turns away from the camera. So I saw this video. She did turn away and she started kind of sauntering off hunchedly. I know who this is. This is Carrie Fisher out on a bender. You think so? <laughs> yeah. This is Princess Leah. <laughs> She's now very elderly, of course. She's had a few beers. She's chasing after wow, cars. She we're thinks get they're X-Wing fighters. What, by George <laughs> Lucas or Carrie Fisher? <laughs> this is Carrie Fisher in old age, dressed in white, brown hair. That's a dead ringer, isn't it? I think so. Is her only hope narrow be one by any chance? I think so. Oh. Yes, there we go. Suddenly she whips around and begins running at the car again, causing mm. the man to scream with dread. So... As she starts walking away, they think they're safe, and all of a sudden she turns and she starts hunching toward them again. What if that's not the droids they're looking for? Oh. <laughs> go black, please. Go away, go. She's running towards the car. The video, which has been seen by 880,000 people, was reportedly shot near Bodev Ghat, a remote village outside the Indian city of Poon. So this is Indian? Yes. Indian Princess Leia. Yes. Mm -hmm. Did she have pockets full of mints by any chance? <laughs> no. No mints? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Just checking. She wasn't like being held back. She wasn't hunched over. No. Because she filled her pockets in her white Princess Leia costume full of mints from the Indian takeaway. I don't think so. Okay. 
Uh, she, the freaked out viewers were equally as terrified by the skin crawling footage. I wouldn't hit reverse. I would drive right through it, said Juan Diaz. Then if it still got up and chased me like that, I would scream like that guy did in the video. Reddit user Poke the Pooh Bear joked, I probably sound really weird for this, but I'd probably drive up next to her and see if she was okay thinking that it was just an old lady at night. Poke the Pooh Bear. Yeah, that's the person's name on Poke Reddit. the Pooh Bear. Yes. Well, that guy that said he would give the old lady a ride is probably going to be the first to die in a horror movie. That's all I'm saying. If you drive through a ghost, do you get your car covered in ectoplasm? Do you have to take it through the drive-in wash after that? you see where we are? Like on Ghostbusters. I think it's great fun. You should play this game at home. Go to an Indian restaurant and think up songs to do off the menu. So you've got Korma Chameleon, Return Passander. Tears on my pillow. I think there's a whole wow series of quiz questions that could be read out by making songs from the charts out <laughs> of an Indian menu. Grab yourself an Indian menu. You've got one at home. There's a spare drawer at home in the kitchen, isn't there? That's got shoelaces in and a magnifying glass and a lastoplast. This is where we are, and it's got an Indian menu in it. I know it has. Go and get the Indian menu. I want people to post on our Facebook site songs based <laughs> on the different types of curries one can get from the Indian restaurant. It's my Japati, and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> wow. I have a story that says expert Mike Covell, 37, was leading the party through the haunted cemetery when they heard groans. The group hurried off to investigate, but were stunned to find a couple having sex in a patch of ivy. If that what? was poison ivy, Ooh. they would be needing <laughs> steroid injections. Two other men with cameras and sound equipment were also busy filming the romp and did not notice their audience. Paranormal expert Mike of TV's Most Haunted and Most Haunted Lives said the woman was in her 30s and when she saw us, she pushed the bloke off, pulled up her panties and ran away. Remarkable. How does he know that she was in her 30s? Just saying. I've absolutely, the way she ran, perhaps he counted the rings. I've oh, no idea. <laughs> she looked at her, we looked at her, she looked at us, but she pushed the bloke off of her, pulled up her panties and bolted. The guy ran after her, desperately trying to protect his privates from the brambles. We didn't know where to look. I'd know where to look. Would you know where to look? I'd have a good idea of where I'd want to look. I'm just saying, when he says I don't know where to look, how old? He's 37. If he doesn't know where to look now, he's got issues, isn't he? <laughs> terrible. Good job. All 12 people on the tour were adults because sometimes kids come along. One elderly man was so incensed he was ready to chase after them with his walking stick. It's Princess Leah. Did he want to finish the job off? What was he doing? I don't understand. I don't know. But I persuaded him to calm down and eat his sandwiches. Sandwiches. He's got a foot long. Oh. The graveyard <laughs> in East Yorkshire dates back to the 1840s. The last burial took place there in 1959. Only three graves are still tended by loved ones, volunteers say. As a result, the ivy was allowed to grow over the tombstones to protect them from the frost. But paranormal stories have turned it into a major tourist attraction. Visitors claim to have seen ghostly monks and children, including one called Henry, walk in the grounds of the disused graveyard. Some say they have heard kids singing a ring-a-ring -a -ring of roses. Mike added, we once saw a monk walking through the cemetery 
but nothing like this. It was such a beautiful day too. All we got was knocking, growing and a couple of orbs. Lorna Walker, who chairs the Neighbourhood Association, branded the midday sex scene very distasteful. But she added it was a public place and there's not a lot you can do apart from lock the gates. If we did that, then no one would get the benefit of the graveyard. We do bat walks and all kinds of positive things down there. Oh, what? She's doing positive things down there. They do bat walks. And what is that? It's a graveyard. Where you walk around at dusk. Looking and pretend for... you're a bat? No, you look for bats. It's oh. some sort of weird... I don't know what you get up to. When the sun goes down, Miss Morris has a dark side. Apparently she goes into disused graveyards and dressed in a bat, bat suit. <laughs> and then Robin turned up. That's right. <laughs> the first time I have heard of anything like this, she says, I guess there's always people in society who will push the boundaries. The cemetery has a rich history Poet Philip Larkin used to ride his bike through it, so we all hope this is a one-off. Well, if his ghost comes along, he's now got somewhere to park his bicycle. Heather, what have you got for me now in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? I have the first school of exorcism in South America opens in Argentina. Argentinian mm-hmm. school of exorcism. Haven't I wonder you? if this has anything to do with the fact that Pope Francis is now Argentinian. But well, he was always Argentinian. He now is the Pope. He hasn't just decided, I know, I'll wake up this morning, I'm going to be Argentinian. I love corned beef, I love horses, I'm going to be Argentinian. Then that's got the best of both worlds. If you love corned beef and you love horses, Argentina's the place to be. Have you always wanted to be an exorcist? Take a course offered by Exorcist to the Stars Lutheran Bishop Manuel Acuna in Argentina and become an exorcism affair consultant. Exorcist to the Stars. Yes, you can actually take classes in parapsychology, angelology, and demonology, which will be offered at the Anthropological Center for Cultural Expressions in Rosario. Fantastic. You'll get results, points, just for reading that sentence out. Aren't demons angels when it says there's a course on angelology, but also a case on demonology? I know, right? They're the same thing. Demons are angels, aren't they? I guess, well, not according to them. No, according to the Bible, they are. (laughs) If he's performing exorcisms, this is going to be Catholic, I'm guessing. It's confusing, isn't it? It's not confusing. How is it confusing? In the Bible, it says that demons are fallen angels. How's that confusing? Well, they fell. They got a handicap. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) It's hot for a start. That's one of the things they're struggling with is the lakes of fire. You never told me when we were going to move down here, you know, Mr. Beelzebub, that we were going to put up with lakes of fire. It's playing havoc with my skin. It's drying my skin out. The lotion I'm getting Scaly. Scaly. Mm-hmm. People screaming and wailing all the time. What's with the trident? Why can't we upgrade? <laughs> Why am I carrying a medieval weapon? I don't understand. A pitchfork. I've got a pitchfork. <laughs> this isn't American Gothic. This isn't Grant Wood. It's not a pitchfork, madam. This is a trident. Manuel Acuna, the Lutheran bishop who rose to fame for his work with celebrities in Argentina, is the man behind the project. I have to apologize. It's not Catholic. It's Lutheran, which obviously is Catholic with a small c. It is rumored (laughs) he will be joined by a prestigious team of professionals from the outside country who will come to give exclusive seminars. It will be the first time the students will have the opportunity to achieve the title of Exorcism Affair Consultant. Isn't that wonderful? All the Uh, demons in Argentina are now running into Brazil and Uruguay. This is what's going to happen. Uruguay is now going to be inundated with demonic entities because they'll train all these people up in Argentina. This is how they make money. They start in Argentina. 
all the demonic entities have to be banished. You can't kill. They flush them out. You cannot kill a demonic entity. Even in the Bible, the demonic entities said to Jesus, you are the son of God, but you can't kill us. He had to put them into pigs and then drove them off a cliff. So even Jesus knew that demons could not die until the end game, until the rapture. Right. So all they're doing is pushing them along. So you start in Argentina, you charge people vast sums of money to train them to do exorcisms. You banish all of your demons. They run across the border to Uruguay. I wonder where we should set up shop next. Where should we make a lot of money next? I know. We'll go to Uruguay and train people up to do exorcisms. We'll take all their money. Then we'll move on to Peru. We'll do a little bit in Bolivia, push them further along into Venezuela. Before you know where they are, they're in Mexico. Then they're climbing over the walls and they'll be in California. I'd start worrying. There's money to be made. I find the whole thing very distasteful. They're just shunting them along from one country to the next. This time next year, they'll be in Canada. You mark my words. They're going to take our jobs, marry our women, ruin the economy. <laughs> Some sort of spiritual wall needs to be built. You've had soda again, haven't you? I've had one or two, yeah. Does that make a difference? <laughs> the new program Three is... Three tons of jelly beans. <laughs> the new program is open to anyone interested in the subject matter, whether Lutheran, Christian, or even a non-believer. Classes... Jews. <laughs> classes will be held once a week at around $50. They are. I told you. See? I nailed it. <laughs> See? Absolutely <laughs> on the money. What have you got for me tonight, Nathan, in the round of... Ghosts and hauntings. We are off to Nottingham, where the ghost of a former shopkeeper is spotted roaming around the building where she used to work. Hmm. This is the land of Robin Hood and Sherwood Forest, for those yeah. of you that don't know your geography of Britain. The ghost of a former shopkeeper has been seen roaming around the building where she used to work years after her death. The ghost was seen in the vintage clothing store Hop Hopkinson, located in Station Street, Nottingham. The premises were originally opened in the 1880s as a family-run industrial merchants called H. Hopkinson Limited. It was later changed to a vintage clothing shop. In the clip, the ghost is seen floating towards the rack of goat uh, clothes. Rack of goats. I hate yeah. those rack of goats. <laughs> I can never get one that fits. I can't get one that fits me. I think I'm an odd size. I can never go into a shop and get a goat that fits me. Either either it's too long in the leg or I haven't got the waist. Yeah. They don't make clothes for people that are my yeah. size. And you always look bad. <laughs> I never thought that someone who claims to be half French wouldn't be in last place. But it turns out, lo and behold, that Heather's made the dizzy heights of minus three now, which means Michelle, who's half French, is currently on minus two and in third place. I thought, ridiculously, that anyone who's got French ancestry was going to come in last. As it pans out, she's now in third and going for a bronze medal. Nah. <laughs> okay, okay the, the ghost is seen floating towards a rack of clothes before pausing <laughs> beside certain items of clothing. The figure, believed to be the wife of the original owner, then turns and floats away, almost as quickly as she appeared. Manager Izzy Watts reported that she was 100% convinced by the footage, and when she saw it on her way to work, she actually felt sick. Quote, I thought it was a joke, she said. Actually, I texted my boss to ask him, but he swore it was real. Izzy added, I've never experienced anything like that before, but the landlord who owns the shop 
has always said that he feels uncomfortable here alone. Especially with all those goats running around. <laughs> Racks of them. Phantom goats. <laughs> You're lying in bed. It's late at night. You've had a couple of beers, one o'clock in the morning. You can't get to sleep. It's really hot. You can hear down the hallway. And you think, what's that? I can't, I can't work out what that is. You hear a bit more. It's the sound of a quadruped coming up the stairs. Suddenly the door opens slowly. You hear the creaking sound. You stare into the darkness, not being able to move, paralyzed with fear. And then the phantom goat goes, meh. And you're running. You're running around at that point. You're looking for your holy water. You're going to Argentina for courses. Easily done. Izzy added, we're all just hoping that Mrs. Hopkinson is a friendly ghost. Let's hope so. To be fair, I've only met the majority of ghosts I've come across, interviewed, talked to, seen, have been friendly. What you fail to realise is that 99% of the population is friendly. If you fell over in Walmart, if you tripped over on the sidewalk, if you broke down in your car, someone would come along and help you, if not more than one person. We watch the news, we listen to the radio, we see the TV. We see nothing but death, destruction, mayhem, angry people in the street with placards. You don't realise that the 99% of the population of people are friendly. And that reflects when you're dead, of course. The people that I've had trouble with that are ghosts have been just the angry, miserable old men. And they were angry and miserable old men when they were alive. Everyone knows who these people are. They're the grumpy people that you come across on a daily basis that nothing's going to make them happy. They've not had sex since 1945 you know and to be honest you know quarter to eight was a long time ago so <laughs> this is what happens when i have problems with ghosts it's just because they're grumpy if you're an idiot when you're alive you're normally an idiot when you're dead when it's you've had problems with goats yes goats. angry Rack, goats of them. <laughs> if that goat honestly i've had that really gets my goat <laughs> Michelle's going to end up romping home in first place at this rate. Yes, if you're an angry goat when you're alive, no ifs and buts, you're going to be an angry goat when you're dead. So if you're a goat and you're listening to this show, you know, you need to realise that you need to mellow out. You need to help people. You need to show. Listen to Adrian's meditation on yes. YouTube. There's all these goats gathered around the radio, <laughs> mellowing out. I need some sort of goat retreat. We can get... I can get... Is it for old goats? <laughs> I'll take kids. I'm not bothered. We need a trailer. We need to buy some land in Arizona. Arizona's calling me. We need to get a trailer. We can invite all the goats that are angry, and we can work on anger management. <laughs> I can see a mannequin of a farmer. We'll get a mannequin, dress it up in farming clothes, bend it over. We'll show the goat, the farmer bending over, and we'll say, you mustn't butt the farmer. We'll talk it through meditation techniques, grounding itself, so it doesn't feel like it wants to butt the farmer at that point. We'll make sure that works. We'll sign that up and make a fortune. Yes. Goat anger management courses now available in Arizona. We should have a website with that and YouTube. YouTube. I'm not. I'll take. I'll take any ruminant. I'm not fussy. We can do any ruminant. It doesn't have to be goats. I'm not going to be racist. I'll take any any ruminant at this stage. I'm happy to do any of those things. 
I have a story that says construction workers have stumbled on the mysterious 145-year-old coughing of a little girl, still clutching a red rose. The find underneath the San Francisco home of Erica Kana is believed to be the resting place of a three-year-old girl whose preserved skin and long blonde hair can still be seen through the windows of the coffin. The girl is thought to be one of thousands of people buried in the city's old fellow's cemetery, which was active for 30 years before it was forced to shut in the 1890s. Redevelopment of the site meant about 180,000 bodies were removed to another burial plot in 1920, but the little girl, found buried in a long white dress and with lavender flowers in her hair, was left behind. This is worrying, isn't it? Finding coffins below your house. That's a concern. Yes. You wouldn't want to build a swimming pool. You're not digging out foundations for a shed where you can keep sheep and do meditation classes. Right. That would be a concern. Yes. I'm sure she has one of those three up 180,000 down houses that you read about. (laughs) There were no markings on the coffin, which was lined with purple velvet, and no way of identifying the girl, who is now being called Miranda, a name chosen by Karna's two daughters. Not because they found her under the veranda, I'm guessing. Amazingly, Karna was then told by the city council that she must take responsibility for the child's body and was quoted almost £5,000 by an undertaker to take the body away. That's about eight and a half hundred dollars to remove the body that you found under your house. Wow. Because they didn't do the job properly in the 1920s in the first place. It's such a small child's coffin. I bet they removed all the coffins and forgot that one or couldn't find it. There would be other bodies. You would now think, wouldn't you, there's other bodies under there, mm. left behind. Mm. If I had a house in that complex, in that duplex, I'd now be concerned. But she told the San Francisco Chronicle it didn't seem right. The city decided to move all of these bodies a 100 years ago, and they should stand by their decision. And she said she felt she had to look after the little girl because she considered her part of the family now. Kana was eventually put in touch with Garden of Innocence, which provides burials for unidentified children. He hopes to find out Miranda's true identity and conduct another burial this summer at the Greenlawn Cemetery in Colma, once it acquires a burial permit. I wonder how many they left behind. I find that remarkable. If people wish to see the little girl in the glass coffin, they can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee. We now move into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. Nathan has scored two points. I'm on three. Heather is on minus three. And Michelle, (laughs) despite being French, is on minus two. But there's still a long way to go. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? It's hairy beasties. It's green men. I got a big foot. You have a big foot. I do. One big foot or two big feet? I got big feet. You've got big feet. And I cannot lie. True enough. <laughs> she's, a, she's a really good swimmer, ladies and gentlemen. You wow. should see her go through the water. I've seen her take kids behind her. Water skiing. Great. Bigfoot sightings claimed by residents of small town in North Carolina. Just in time for the summer tourism season, some folks in the town of Littleton, North Carolina, are claiming Bigfoot is back. Yes, several residents say they've spotted Sasquatch or Squatch running in the woods in all its long hair furry glory. Tiffany Merrill says she spotted it 
in her backyard while looking through her kitchen window. I literally could see him from all the way over here. He was having a wee against her dahlias. Great. I started hearing it. It was very large and its hair was super long. And then he stopped having a wee. And it was running so fast. So you could see all that billowing squatch hair behind him. Billowing squatch hair. (laughs) (laughs) For men. Where where can I get me some billowing squatch hair? Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> Which aisle is that going to be in? <laughs> Actually, looking at Nathan, he could do with some billowing squatch hair. Thank you, Adrian. I'm not passing accusations. And I, will, I will be there one day. But yes, billowing squatch hair wouldn't be the end of the world, would it? Although Littleton is home to a museum dedicated to Bigfoot and all things paranormal, the museum's curator says other residents have been reluctant to come forward. Stefan Barcello says there's a lot of people in this town who's had sightings and who still won't come talk to us because it's just out of fear of being ridiculed. And that's very common. Barcello says he found the abnormal footprints and took a cast, which is now displayed in the museum. He also says local rangers, four of them, were unable to identify the footprint. An abnormal footprint? Yes. Would that be like the abnormal snowman? Wow. But he's pragmatic. We're he's pregnant? Put- yes. We're wow, putting- what are the neighbours going to say? <laughs> We're putting Littleton on the map, which is good. And that's for a positive reason and for a fun reason. For a fun reason. Fun. You have clawed Billowing some squatch hair. squatch points back. <laughs> Billowing squatch hair reminds me of watching the Olympic Games back in 1978 and seeing all the Eastern Bloc countries. So you shall get <laughs> two points. That should be a name of a band, certainly. Billowing squatch hair. <laughs> if you're an up-and-coming band and you're currently listening to this show, practicing in your mum and dad's garage as we speak, Billowing Squatch Air is available, or BSH as we like to call it, (laughs) is available and ready to go. I once cut out random words from a dictionary, placed them in a hat. I was in a band and we could not think of a name of the band and we had some gigs coming up. We had to find a name. No one could agree on anything. We put a hundred random words in a hat. We each pulled out one name and then that Saturday saw the debut of the band that was called Screaming Monkey Stick. <laughs> Not a bad name at the end of the day, is it really? Screaming Monkey Stick. Wow. We had a couple of gigs. It didn't go any further. Mm-hmm. I have a story that says mind-blowing footage has emerged that appears to show a UFO flying over a military base. The clip which shows a mystery object in the sky was filmed by a couple in Dayton, Ohio, as they were watching the sunset from their home. The pair are clearly shocked by the sight of the craft floating in the air with its pointed end and strange markings. This is the return of the Phantom Tunnel. <laughs> I love that. I can play with that <laughs> all night. I recommend highly. If you go to Caves R Us, they've got a two for one off at Caves R Us. I just thought that was funny. It was pointed at one end and it was floating, so you know where we are with that. The woman who is filming the scene on her phone asks, what the F is that? Before adding, it looks like it's moving with the clouds. Someone else can be heard. That's effing crazy. The camera zooms in on the dark object before it fades into the clouds. Another onlooker is heard saying, oh my God, it's effing disappeared. 
this is how we get, oh, this is the conversation that goes on in Dayton, Ohio, I might add. So effing aliens in an effing UFO, they just effing appeared. Who effing knew? Um, unidentified effing objects, no less. Effing this and effing that. Do you that. think MUFON is the mutual UFO? Oh, no. <laughs> the mutual effing all? The mutual effing, mutual unidentified effing objects network. <laughs> There's a few people I know in Mu. Move from the in Mouton. In Mouton. There's a few people I know in a futon. <laughs> How many times? They're stuck. We still can't get them out. I have to say, when I was a teenager, I bought a futon from Ikea. And it was a lot of effing going on when I was putting that together. That wasn't an easy build, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Very complicated. You had to build mm-hmm. your own futon. There was lots of effing this and effing that. The eerie clip was filmed not far from the right... Patterson Air Force Base. Between 1947 and 1969, the Air Force recorded 12,618 sightings of strange phenomena, with 701 of them described as unidentified, the USA Today reports. These sightings were recorded in Project Blue Book, should be Project Swearbox. The Air Force's <laughs> files on UFO sightings and investigations. Headquartered at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, the program was reportedly comprising only a handful of staff. It came to light in 2015 when amateur historian John Greenwald posted more than 100,000 pages of the documents to his website, The Black Vault. He has spent nearly two decades requesting declassified information from the US government regarding UFOs. Starting in 1952, the project has given a termination order in December 1969, and all activity under the study ceased in the 1970s. If you wish to see the amazing effing UFO footage, you can go to our effing Facebook site, More Effing Questions and Answers, with (laughs) Adrian Lee, where you can hear people from Dayton, Ohio, swearing as the remarkable UFO footage is played out in front of them. It is a remarkable piece of footage. I do recommend that people go and see that. And as there's a military base there, you could easily believe that this is the future of aviation. It's military black ops, I think, is what we're seeing. But there's a remarkable object floating around in the sky. I do recommend people to go and see that. Nathan, you need the points. What have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? We're now off to Australia, where a North Queensland man has been bitten by a snake that was under his pillow. Under his pillow? Under his pillow. That old chestnut. I'm just going to put a snake under your pillow. I'll just slip it in there. It wasn't Eve that did that by any chance, was it? It was the guy called Adam. Right. Have I ruined your story? No. Okay. (laughs) Just checking. A North Queensland man has been bitten by a meter-long snake curled up under a pillow on his bed. The Trinity Beach resident was going to sleep on Friday night when he slid his hands under the covers, only to get the fright of his life. I've done that many times. <laughs> Those aren't pillows! Oh no! Did you see the ball game last night? I thought the Bears did great. They were in the pocket, out of the shotgun, there was four for inches. I don't know what I'm saying. I've just heard these. I've just heard these phrases. I know what, none, I don't know what any of that is. I just, I heard random phrases. I thought I'd look intelligent. I don't know what any of that is. I'm scared. I don't know where I'm going. I need a screen. <laughs> Snake catcher Matt Hagen has been called to remove the 1.2 meter reptile and come It's grown. The- it was a meter long. It's now 1.2. It's grown 20 centimeters. That's remarkable. That's right. Almost a foot. I know. I wonder if he stretched it out. 
How did he manage that? Did he do some yoga, loosen itself up and gain 20 centimetres? That's when he was pulling on it. Which, well, I, pulling on his snake, was he? <laughs> yes. Well, after, after he stretched the snake, he had to comfort the man and his wife, who had been rattled by the, by the screen. She, she was weeping. She was crying. She can't look a hot dog in the eye anymore. Hagen said, when I got there, his wife was steadfastly refusing to go back inside the house. She suggested either we burn it down or they were moving to New Zealand. Wow, things are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hagen said it was one of the fattest snakes he's had ever had to re- relocate. One oh, of the fattest. So fattest. it wasn't doing any fattest. F-A-T-T-E-S-T. Fattest. Yes. One of the fattest snakes he'd ever seen. That's right. So it wasn't on any kind of diet. No. no. A warm bed would seemingly be the ideal spot to curl up for a winter hibernation, but Mr. Hagen said snakes are still active because of the unseasonably warm weather. Hagen said, we're still getting calls that pets are being eaten, which would explain the fat. Pats are bit Pats. <laughs> I hate it when pats get eaten. <sighs> I've been a warm Brian. <laughs> if Brian and Pat are listening, then you've got my apologies. I, if you don't turn up to the next investigation, then I, I can only apologize. I'm done with this story. You're done, are you? Yes. Okay. You've got, they're eating pets. They're eating pets. Okay. We move into the final round of the night is the round of the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories that are too strange and too bizarre not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? And you are on currently minus three. I'm going to give you a heads up. I got eight superstitions from around the world. Eight superstitions. Eight. One of my superstitions is never listen to eight superstitions. Nine would be fine. Seven well, would be fine. You can leave the room. Okay, Go I'm on. off. <laughs> Bye, Adrian. You're not. Wow, he's been on one show. One show. This is America for you. They'll kick you out. He's going to plant a flag in the ground, and it will be his now. Well, we've actually learned one of these on our show. If you've listened in China, the number eight brings great luck. Yes, and the number four is considered. The unluckiest number. So half so of that one. Half of eight. Half of a lucky number is an unlucky number. That's correct. Surely you're only getting half the luck. Do you see what I'm saying? Number two. She said number two. Yes. <laughs> Argentinians eat beans for good luck on New Year's Eve. Yes, and on New Year's Day, the streets are empty. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's exorcisms going on on New Year's Day. That's They're right. bubbling up the ghost in the toilet. <laughs> to be fair, on New Year's Day, I had been in the bathroom after my dad, and an exorcism was required. There so you go. In Brazil, it's bad luck to let your wallet or purse touch the floor. That's a little bizarre. Unless you want it nabbed. Yes, you're not going to drag your wallet along, are you? No. In Egypt, it's bad luck to open and close scissors without cutting anything. And it's even worse luck to leave the scissors open. And I thought that was interesting. In Nigeria, it's unlucky to hit a man with a broom. Okay. Do you know why? Because Because that's woman's work. Oh! (laughs) Well, if you hit a man with a broom in Nigeria, he becomes impotent and may even lose his genitals, (laughs) according to the strange superstition. He's not going to be swept off his feet then. But if the unlucky man is struck with a broom, he must hit the offender and return seven times to avoid his fate. (laughs) Don't hit a guy. No, the broom. No, because he'll be losing his testicles and then hit you seven times. That's with right a broom. to get him back. 
But I haven't got seven testicles. <laughs> Have you it, seen the film Seven Brides for a Man with Seven Willies? Oh, in Rwanda, it is believed that eating goat meat will cause a woman to grow a beard. Uh-huh. <laughs> See how that goes? Uh-huh. There's plenty of jokes there, sweetheart. Don't, Don't do you worry it. about that. <laughs> Don't I can feel it coming up. Stop. Stop it. No, it's rising. I'm going to have to say. Oh, don't do no, it. I got no. another two. Been to Arizona recently. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. In Vietnam, students avoid bananas when preparing for exams because bananas. It keeps them up all night. Well, bananas are slippery, and the word slip sounds exactly like the Vietnamese word for fail. So it's best not to tempt fate. So no eating bananas. Or wearing slippers. Yep. When you're preparing for exams. And my favorite, number eight, don't chew gum at night in Turkey. Apparently the superstition goes that at night the gum turns into the flesh of the dead. Really? Gross. (laughs) Don't chew gum. In Turkey at night. In a turkey. (laughs) Okay. Not in a turkey. Oh, in a turkey. Not like at Thanksgiving, you jump in the turkey and... (laughs) It's a very odd... (laughs) Just for the benefit of our listeners, and I never thought I'd ever say this live on the radio, but Heather is going to do an impression of what it's like to chew gum inside a turkey. You want me to do that? Go on. Oh, that's, that's bad. Stop it. You're making me feel ill. Come over there and hit you with a broom. What's wrong with you? No, my genitals will fall off. So you've got a beard and your testicles are going to fall off. Do you know, I start this show. Yours has to drop before they can fall off. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, I'm running out of paper. I'm running out of paper. You're on minus five. Michelle's nailed this game, I tell you. How bad must the show be from your perspective that there's even a French woman currently beating you? This would be terrible. That's unbelievable. Ah, good times. Puppy play is definitely not about sex. It's a form of escapism, says Kai, a 22-year-old Oxford graduate who looks after some of the pups. Around 10,000 people follow pet play craze in the UK, according to Channel 4's Secret Life of the Human Pups, which explores the phenomenon. Kai says females who are into pet play are usually into kitten play, as they identify more with kittens than pups. The program also features a sad story of Tom, 32, a theatre technician from Tring, Hertfordshire, who split up with his fiancée Rachel because of his yearning to dress up as a Dalmatian. Wow. He says you disappear and start chasing puppy toys. You go deep into the headspace. You crave it. You want it. It's just magic. Rachel split up with Tom because she could not cope with his alter ego. Spot didn't understand it. What else would you have for a name if you were a Dalmatian? Dressed up as a Dalmatian. Spot. You need to show a bit more ambition, don't you? That seems to be a very... I feel bad for her. She's got it rough. Oh... Minus six. Tom has spent more than $6,000 over the past 10 years on his canine habit, and he shows off his rubber costume complete with breathing tube, but admits it is quite awkward to put it on. You need a lot of talc. 
So intense is Tom's <sighs> craving that he has taken to sleeping in dog training crates lined with puppy training pads in case he has to answer the call of nature. Tom, or Spot as he likes to be known, was crowned Mr. Puppy UK back in November. Tom tells the programme, Rachel thought I was becoming gay. But it was far worse. He was becoming a dog. He can't pass the lamppost, apparently. He sniffs other people's bottoms and dicks himself. Everything you want in a boyfriend, right? <clears throat> Do you think she had him on a short leash? Is this where we're going? Wow. Do you think he has to have his head out of the car window when they go on long journeys? He's bitten the postman twice. Furries, dressed in their favourite costume, are pictured at the convention in Vancouver, Canada last year. More furries see it as fun and a hobby rather than a sexual fetish. One woman from southwest Minnesota even said that she hang out in graveyards dressed as a bat. (laughs) (laughs) Furries are people who dress up in animal costumes and take on the persona of that animal. Occasionally they engage in full-on sex in costume, but more common is the bizarre practice of... It's called yiffing. Yiffing. How on earth? I'm really concerned. (laughs) You tell me not more than an hour ago, you dress up as a bat and hang out in graveyards, and now you know the, all the technical words. Did, did you know that, Nathan? No. No, I didn't know that either. There are more questions than answers. Earlier this month, 3,000 people attended the annual Biggest Little Fur Con convention in Reno, Nevada, including 700 people in First suits. We now move into the final round of the evening. It's our favourite round. It is the round that is called Not For Your Mother. It's the round we can't read out live on air for fear of getting a large fine or being removed. If your mother's in the room and she's of a nervous and delicate disposition, she needs to be removed. Heather, what have you got for me first tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Lick your cat with Licky. Lick your cat. Yeah. Yes. Lick your cat with Licky. With Licky. It's a giant silicone tongue on Kickstarter. Yay! This isn't the kind of tongue that can get through a Tootsie Roll in 19 licks, is it, by any chance? Maybe. (laughs) If you've ever watched a cat lick itself or another cat and thought... I'd like to do that. I wish I could lick that cat, too. Well, the trick is, the trick is to keep it occupied... Give it a ball of string. Wow. Give it something to play with, and then you can distract it. And get I'm a it. dog person. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. You'd prefer to lick a dog? No. Oh, you don't okay. See other dogs I wonder where you were going other. with that. Licky is a silicone brush shaped like giant tongue that will supposedly allow you to bond with your cat by licking it. So you actually put it around your mouth so you can lick what, the cat. What? How? What? Surely. Bonding with your cat. Do you want the the old web address? Fashioned way. Not when I've got adamporn.com to look at. I do want to get some sleep tonight. How yes. can you not do traditional bonding exercises with your cat that involve... I didn't know there were traditional bonding exercises for cats. Yeah, you get like a my- mouse. A mice. You get like a mice mm. on a piece of string. You cut open the snake, pull out the mice... You tie the mice to a piece of string. Your cat's running around the room. Laser pens. These are traditional. I never thought the word laser pen would be in a sentence with the word traditional. But yes, there are means and ways to bond with your cat that doesn't involve licking it. Well, cats groom each other as a form of social bonding. And this Kickstarter page from Jason O'Mara, PDX Pet Design, stated... 
there's also evidence to suggest that cats view and treat their human captors as large cats. As a human, you're left out of the intimate licking ritual. Well, at Can best, we also get a pussy snorkel while we're there? <laughs> oh my god. Mm. At best, you have a one-sided licking relationship with your cat. <laughs> Unless you have peanut butter. <laughs> Wait, cats don't do peanut butter. That's dogs. <laughs> but you're willing to give it a go. <laughs> oh. Catnip, catnip. I think even in the round of Not For Your Mother... We could actually be removed from there. <laughs> this, this may be too controversial. Just even I've f- just heard it. I've saw rumors. How can that be? If you've got a tongue on a stick, that's going to be abused. If it's I've not got- a tongue on a stick. It's literally you put it over your mouth, and it's this long Gene Simmons tongue. And where can one get one from? <laughs> I'll give you the address later. In theory, the licky would help the affection run both ways. No actual cat licking necessary. On the other hand. It does look pretty weird. Would you have to wash it between each cat? Or do you think the cats wouldn't mind if you licked one and then went straight to the other? Do you think they're bothered? It's disgusting, isn't it? Cat licking was once featured on an episode of TLC's My Strange Addiction, except with actual licking. Oh. People actually did it. I... Cats lick all sorts of things. That's disgusting. With this brush, human cat lickers would presumably reduce the risk of getting hairballs but increase the risk of spinal meningitis by all the germs they pick up bdx previously used kickstarter in 2013 to launch an automatic electronic cat toy called shrew to be fair cats do smell of popcorn so there is an alluring appeal to that the toy was actually fully backed and functioning but there were some clean complaints about its reliability but now they're going into licky so you can lick your cat that's disgusting. Thank you for sharing that with the world. You're welcome. I'm putting it in your stocking this year. Why on earth would I want Mr. Le- yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> this is the awkward moment a man was caught with his trousers down as he had sex in the middle of the street with a drain pipe. Really? Was the drain pipe consenting? It never really says. It was an old-fashioned drain pipe, apparently. It was disappointed it never got taken to dinner or a trip to the cinema first. The astonishing video shows the man approach the pipe, wasting no time pulling his trousers and underwear down. When you walk past... They can't be comfortable. I don't understand what goes through a man's mind when he walks past a drain pipe and thinks, Oh, I'll know. I'll do that. That's re- How does it... I don't understand. There are many things out there that have holes in. I don't understand why Swiss you would cheese. think that. You're suggesting that. <laughs> I was thinking of many things that have holes in it. A lifesaver. <laughs> Can you imagine being caught in bed with, with a, some cheese with a nice runny brie? <laughs> he then huddles up. <laughs> For all those Monty Python fans out there, he then huddles up against the inanimate object, which appears to be sticking out of a wall right outside the stranger's home. Well, it was asking for it then, wasn't it? Moments later, the man is seen making thrusting movements against the pipe with his arms pressed up against the wall. He then appears to look directly up at the security camera, which is recording his every move. But doesn't seem concerned that he's been caught out. So an exhibitionist... What size pipe was it? As well. I didn't get a proper look at the drain pipe. (laughs) 
I would be concerned. There's you standing in graveyards in a bat suit with Mr. Licky <laughs> and a nice ripe cheddar under your arm. It has now gone viral with more than 116,000 views. Wasn't this how the Kardashians started? I think so. Yeah. It appears that the incident with the drainpipe took place in China, although the exact location has not been confirmed. Mm, Half-inch pipe. There was a young man from China. (laughs) Nathan, what have you got tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Michigan. Yay, Yay. Michigan. A a Michigan man is charged after a stripper was paid with a fake $100 bill. Hmm. That's why you need to be paid in $1 bills, so you can't be diddled. (laughs) Quarters. Pennies. It was freshly printed. Hmm. A Michigan man is facing charges after a stripper was paid with a counterfeit $100 bill following a lap dance. That's a lot of money, I'm guessing, for a lap dance. (laughs) What was she doing? Firing ping pong balls? Did she have a fat snake with her? How is this working out? (laughs) I have no clue. She had a whole group of meditative sheep following her around. $100 for a lap dance. That's Uh, a lot of money. Inflation. Oh, apparently. Inflation. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently the economy being the worst recession in the 21st century hasn't affected the sex industry. No. The man, Stephen Gidcom, is charged with intentionally passing counterfeit notes. Police tell the Detroit News that fake bills were mixed in with real $100 bills. So he had a wad of them. It wasn't just... There was one... $100 $100 bill that was counterfeit, but then it yeah. was in amongst others that, that were, were kosher. Wow. Oh, so he was a baller. I don't know what that means, but if that's funny... If you, you can, can just... recall, so he's he's got this big wad of bills, so he's pretending he's really rich. And we could have taken those bills and bought a midget in England. Yes, I think you can get a midget in England for about $5. I believe the going rate's very good. Serious? Yeah, you can pick them off of trees. They grow everywhere. <laughs> By the roadside. Stop, You're stop. Terrible. I can see a, there's a ripe midget in that field. You can go scrumping. You climb over the farmer's fence. Pick you a, can go scrumping what? Scrumping apples. You can pick a couple of, <laughs> couple of ripe midgets. That midget looks ripe and plump. Let's pick that one. You twist it a couple of times and you're running off with the farmer going, get off my land. Adrian, this guy... Bring ha- back my midgets. This guy has a lot of... Doc hits. Martin. You're right, show. my lover. You've been nicking all my midgets. <laughs> they were in my land. You stop picking my midgets, will you? <laughs> Fertiliser coming down here with your electricery and your indoor toilet, yeah. Obviously, he was from um, New Mexico, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Adrian, the uh, the man had a lot of chutzpah. Did he really? He had a lot of chutzpah. I'm sorry to hear that. There's ointment for those things. Mm. Imlive.com reports that the 32-year-old man was arrested on May 13th after returning to the strip club in Cokeville Township near Saginaw, Michigan. What do they say? Never return to the scene of the crime. What an idiot. So he pays her off of the counterfeit $100 bill and goes back. She then realizes, in the comfort of her own dressing room, that one of the dollar bills is fake. Because the ink's smearing off of it. I know, and the glitter's coming away. And he goes back the following day, and she says, there's the guy that gave me the counterfeit money. He went back the same day. There you go. He had to go print more at home quick. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Hang on, I've got to go home and print some more. I'll be back in ten minutes. The police uh, visited his Mount Morris home where they found other fake $100 bills. Mount Morris. Mount Morris. (laughs) Mount Morris. No. 
second uh, cousin to Mount Moriah. Okay, I'm just... No. There's no... No. With a chance of... No. You're not letting that go by. No. Without some, some sort of comment... No. ...made Mount Morris. No, you're too far away for me to kick. No. <laughs> okay. I've sat myself on the other side of the room now. The bruises. <laughs> my shin bone. If you run your fingers along it, it felt like a flute. It was. You could have whistled down my kneecap and got a tune out of it. <laughs> uh, Police Chief uh, Boyd says they were made on a computer. Get, uh, See? Gidkin faces a May 31st preliminary hearing. He is being held on a $50,000 cash bond. And he's got a court subpoena. Heather, you yes. can finish the round of Not For Your Mother. And by Jove, you need the points, madam. Hey, Arnold Creator, forced by internet to deny there was any analingus in his cartoon. You really are knocking out the stories tonight, aren't you? Why? I've flown Annie Lingus. It comes out of Ireland. <laughs> you can get discount flights. Honest to God. I, I went to Holland to, and back on Annie Lingus. I had to look Lingus. up what that was. Oh, my. I had an idea. You had an idea. Is it what we think it is? It is. Oh. Yes, I think we all know where we're going with this. I don't like talking about it. It leaves a nasty taste in my mouth. Oh. <laughs> Earlier this week, a vine started going around showing what was supposedly a very NSFW, and that's not safe for work, scene from Hey Arnold, in which a couple seen through a window behind Helga and Arnold appear to be, as one Twitter user put it, eaten butt. In a very vigorous fashion. The thing about cartoons is they're very deliberate. They have to be drawn. There's like 16 frames a second. You can't do anything by accident or mistake. It's like architecture or engraving. It's such a long, drawn-out process, literally, that everything has to be planned. It can't be in there by accident, by the very nature of how you design and put together cartoons. I watched it. And? It does look like it. Does it really? Yes. Was there a scene with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck by any chance? No, I have that saved on my hard drive. <laughs> um, once you know what people think is happening, it really is quite hard to unsee it. And I did see it. But anyway, um, most importantly, there is nothing sexual or nefarious going on in the clip. And at least according to Bartlett, who was the creator, the scene is from Arnold's Thanksgiving. No jokes. Bartlett says, and the kids are leaving Mrs. Simmons' apartment where his family is arguing at the table. That's Uncle Chuck eating a turkey with his hands. <laughs> He's not chewing gum inside it by any chance, is he? <laughs> I assure you it was never intended to be what the guy tweeted it was. That's disgusting. I can't believe. We are going to be taken off. We're not even on air and we're going to be removed. Can you stop doing that? That is filthy. Stop it. Look, she's looking for sound effects. By the power of Grayskull. All good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It is Heather Morris who managed to score resplendent minus six. <laughs> Michelle's in third place with minus two for being half French. Nathan scored third on his second outing on more questions than answers. But I've won. Who knew? Who knew? Resplendent first place, I'm winning the $33,000 IR camera by scoring a fabulous five. 
Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can join me on my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we do now have an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show with a round called Not For Your Mother that we can't read out live on air that you can only access in our archives. If you visit SoundCloud.com and search for MQTA Radio, it would all be there for you. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jeton Drainer, and Nathan Bush, and all at the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Effing, Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. Good night.